Technology today has advanced beyond my wildest expectations. You can access the entire history of human thought with a search query or generate an image of almost anything you can think of in a few seconds with some creative prompts. You can navigate the world or fly through our known universe in virtual reality. But do you know what you couldn't do until about a few months ago? Easily order an image of the Earth. The Earth observation market is entrenched with legacy federal government data providers that have rectified massive barriers accessing their data. To solve this problem and easify the access of Earth observation data, my guest today, Luke Fisher, an Army helicopter pilot and industry veteran of the emerging electric aviation industry, teamed up with poker player, author, and hedge fund manager Bill Perkins to launch a new application called SkyFi. We discussed the power of partnerships and Earth observation, the evolution of possibilities of the SkyFi company, and creative ideas and emerging concepts for the EO market. We even do a brief demonstration of the web app to show potential users just how easy it is. My name is Nick. I appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button or leave a review. This is The NDS Show. Enjoy Luke Fisher from SkyFi. We're joined by Luke Fisher today. Luke, I was hoping you could tell us what is SkyFi? Yeah, good, good uh, lead in question. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, CEO and co founder of SkyFi. SkyFi is an earth observation marketplace company. Um, and we're, we're taking the approach to easify the access to earth observation data and imagery. Um, and what we do is we take a partnership approach. So we partner with satellite operators, drone operators, stratospheric balloon companies, airplane companies, basically if you got a sensor on it, it's in the air, um, you know, we'll, we'll partner with you and broaden it out to the masses, you know, with our, our you know, massive reach that we've got going. And so that's on one side. And on the other side, we partner with analytic companies because the same, you know, thing we're trying to do with the satellite and earth observation data companies and imagery is just easify the access to analytics. Um, and I mm -hmm. think we're in, you know, this unique opportunity where, you know, this, you know, this, this magical technology that flies overhead is just hard to get. So we're just making it easier for folks. So yeah, so Earth Observation Marketplace Company, we've got a web and mobile application as our first product, um, mm -hmm. you know, both on Google Play Store, Apple Store, and then on the web as well. Um, for and You can download it today. It's live. Uh, we launched January 17th with our first product and, and seeing some good customer traction. So yeah, that's where we are. Well, my, my observation from what you're saying is that you're playing the essential middleman between the data and the analytics. And I was hoping maybe you could tell us why, like, why is that necessary? Like what, why does that need to even exist? Why don't people just go get the data themselves and run their own analytics? Yeah. Um, part of that, the biggest problem is get the data yourselves. Um, if you were to go to a restaurant, a business, just pick any, you know, random, you know, grouping of people and be like, Hey, I want a challenge. I want everyone in this room to go buy a satellite image in 48 hours. Otherwise, we're going to kill your family. Um, everyone would be dead um, because it was just so hard to get before SkyFi, where it's an access problem. Um, and so that should be your slogan: you know, "Don't kill your family." You just, you <laughs> yeah, just don't kill your family. And there's, um, I'll give a shout out to uh, Jill Morrison from Umbra, who's a, who's a good friend. They're local in Austin with us where um, you know, Umbra's a great partner of ours. What he had was a hiring challenge. You know, this is again before SkyFi was created, where he would tell his new employees and coworkers, hey, you have two weeks to buy a satellite image. Um, go. And without a doubt, everyone would fail. And this is at a satellite company. Like that's how broken this process has yeah. been. Um, and the reason is it's a very simple reason, you know, with, with, um, your background, my background on the government side. Um, if you look at the satellite industry, primarily satellite industry is what we're talking about, even though we have the balloons and airplanes and, and drone partners mm -hmm. is these satellite companies have you know, modeled their sales cycle after their biggest customer. And that biggest customer has a store for the last decades has been the governments across the world. Governments have the government acquisition cycle. And we all know how 
how easy and simple it is to understand the government acquisition mm -hmm. cycle. Um, super easy. Uh, that was super easy. Yeah, it's not complicated at all. Um, well, they modeled their sales cycle after that. So now you have this mm -hmm. you know, process where it takes three to six months to get imagery and you have these big contracts and it is not designed for the commercial space. Um, and we're at this inflection point now where you're, we're starting to see the shift where largely DOD, you know, U.S. government related technology shifting over to the commercial world. And I like to use the analogy of, you know, if I were to go to an investor 20 plus years ago, 25, 30 years ago and say, hey, in the future, everyone in the world is going to be wearing two to three GPS devices on their body at all times. I would have gotten laughed out of the room. They're right. like, that's just government technology. There's no commercial mm -hmm. use case for it here. Yet here we are today. We walk around with smartwatches and phones and in our vehicles, and we don't even know this underlying technology is there. So I see that same mentality, you know, happening where, you know, we're, we're breaking that cycle and going like, hey, this commercial data and imagery and analytics and, you know, SAR imagery and thermal and hyperspectral mm -hmm. is there. Everyone can use it. They just don't have access. So we're just making it easy on that, that middleman approach. And, you know, there's, you know, the middleman. Yeah, I think, yeah, kind of. Really, I think we're the, the, the front people. Um, like we're the ones engaging with the customers. Um, you know, we've got significant traction that we've seen and proven out this thesis where, you know, it's just this natural evolution of technology where we have, you know, amazing technology flying overhead. We're taking care of the customers um, and solving those those pain points. So, yeah, middleman or, or you know, front person, um, you know, really engage with the customers is, is what we're doing and our focus is. Well, cool. Where where have you guys been seeing success so far? Like who are the key customers that are wanting to grab a hold of this app? And, and it's also a web platform. Right. Yeah. Native web, um, mobile app, Google Play Store. What we're seeing is is really three big buckets of customers um, mm -hmm. that, I, that I like to talk about. First, when we started SkyFi, there's this thesis of there's these consumers out there, massive amounts of consumers that need satellite imagery and data they just don't know what to do with it yet or how to engage mm -hmm. with it you know just completely foreign to them um so if you provide the access let the builders build you know creators create just get it out to the masses that's our best you know it's this like hive mind mentality um for us we have this large base of consumers that are just curious mm -hmm. and it gets down into this you know, enabling a transparent view into the earth like never before. Um, and so that's one one big thing. I'll talk about the transparency and the transparent view into earth in, in a little bit. Um, then we have this business side where large enterprises, you know, multi-billion dollar industries, um, you know, smaller, you know, startups, um, we're seeing them gravitate to the platform as well because now you have this, instead of dealing with one satellite provider, negotiating a contract three to six months, they want to sign you up for a big, mm -hmm. you know, yearly contract, you know, you're dealing with a commission-based sales team who's trying to extract as much value out oh, of yeah. the customer as possible. Um, they're sick of it. And they're going like, why do I go through that one company when I can go to SkyFi and I've got them all, I can download an app, I can press a couple of buttons and I can get my image. Um, and then what we've also done to satisfy you know those consumers and these businesses is create a large um what we call our bulk purchase api where mm -hmm. it's all endpoints to endpoints if you want 100 images at a time thousand images at a time you know just come in and get your data and the same thing you got provider selection you don't have to do a contract if you want to pay up front because it's easy great and you mm -hmm. just buy down that that you know that dollar amount you don't have to just the easification side so that's the second bucket. Um, and then the third bucket is this, like no surprise, this, this early government work, um, mm -hmm. you know, which is still very early. And I'm, I'm, you know, super familiar with the government contracting side for the previous work I did, um, you know, various companies. And, and that is, that is coming, you know, but it's, it's less about the imagery there and about the underlying technology that we're building, um, that mm -hmm. we're seeing some interest, uh, for it. So yes, yeah, so those three buckets, um, really focus on, but again, agriculture, finance, real estate, insurance, see just like this gravitation towards the platform. And again, we're, mm -hmm. we're months old, you know, in terms of product release um, and just seeing the splash we made in the market and hearing people going like, finally, somebody's, you know, accomplishing this and making it easy. Um, so, yeah, so it feels I, good. I know I gravitated to it. The second I saw it, I was like, 
yes, that's what we need right there. Uh, it, it right away. I got it. I was like, this is this. I know, I know exactly what they're doing. This makes perfect sense to me. Um, I've ordered a few images and, uh, it's working. Thank it you. works great. Uh, no, pro- no problem. Um, how, how was it initially developed and funded? Like, you know, this is, this yeah. is a risky business to get into, uh, developing of, these of applications course. these days. Yeah. And, and so the story, um, you know, so in late 2021, um, mm-hmm. you know, I met Bill Perkins who co-founded the, the, he and I co-founded the company. Um, he was trying to buy satellite imagery for his hedge fund. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he talks about this a lot on, you know, CNBC and, and Fox and, you know, just all over social about, you know, here's a guy who was trying to buy, you know, 500K, million bucks, you know, bunch of money mm-hmm. for satellite imagery. And same thing, had to call people on the phone, negotiate deals, three to six months, you know, having to sign up for a large, you know, contract. And here we are in a day and age where I can buy a house online, I can buy a car online, I can get almost anything delivered to my front door, yet I can't get a satellite image on my phone without talking to a human. It's ridiculous. Um, And again, it's based on breaking this business model. Um, So that was the initial idea. you know, I met Bill, we, we, you know, the company was formed in um, late 2021, then I was off to the races, building a team, you know, I largely pulled from my network, you know, I was at Uber for a couple years at Uber Elevate, mm-hmm. which was the electric aviation initiative um, at Uber. And so through the Uber network, you know, is that still found, a thing? Um, no, it was that business unit was acquired by Joby Aviation um, oh, okay. about a year a year after I left Uber to join Joby, and we can get down in my my history, <laughs> um, you know, a little bit later, I think. But uh, yeah, that, that was super fun and, and worth talking about for sure. Um, but yeah, so we built this team, and you know, largely we've got a couple GIS folks on the team, mm-hmm. but largely it is it's from Uber, you know. It's from oh, big okay. tech companies. So, you know, we are familiar with building products for millions of people on mobile and web and not satisfying, you know, dozens or hundreds of customers um, for because that's what's needed for the scale. We didn't want to come into this with this GIS bias because I've seen and we mm-hmm. currently see a lot of companies out there like that where they're GIS professionals, they spin out a company and they're building for GIS, where a normal right. person, right. I say normal, um, not like GIS people aren't normal, but you know, a person not familiar with um, GIS tools and technology has no idea what anyone's talking about. When you start mm-hmm. talking about satellite resolution and pixel size and orbits, and people are like, I don't care about any of that. I just want my image. Um, right. And so it's a product, product-focused organization heavy on the user experience. So we built this core team, you know, my CTO Crossan um, was at Uber for years. He was able to, you know, join up with a bunch of his former coworkers at Uber and built this really phenomenal team. You know, our product team comes mm-hmm. from Uber largely in major tech companies um, and the business development team and ops team from just a variety of industries. So yeah, we raised um, just over 10 million bucks last year, um, which was great, you know, family, friends, um, you know, some, some really good venture capital firms that just, I just, just happen to know through Bill's network, through my network. Mm-hmm. And that allowed us to really capitalize on speed. We made a bet on hiring. We're like, we're going fast. Um, cause we need to take advantage of, of the opportunity in this market where we see the, you know, the satellite and, and earth observation industry going. So we've built this great team, launched the product in January, and then we're, we're in the process of closing our next round now and, you know, release mm-hmm. that once it's, once it's final. Um, but yeah, very happy with, um, the new investors coming in and we just, we're just seeing this, you know, this, uh, this demand and, you know, r- repetitive saying about finally somebody's doing this, finally, someone's taking care of the pain points and mm-hmm. going about it the right way, um, for it. So yeah, yeah. yeah and, team. I, I, and that, I mean, that's what it's all about is the team. A couple things there. It sounds like Uber is about to get a lot worse. So I'm about to <laughs> short sell all my Uber stock. I don't have any. Um, yeah. If it yeah. Is a public company. Uh, yeah. Shout out to it, Bill it Perkins. Is. I was yeah, going to say shout out is. to Bill Perkins because I'm listening to his book. I uh, found out about it through Twitter and I'm, I'm listening to the audio version. Um, I'm usually reading a book and then listening to one at the same time. Um, 
a really cool book called Die With Zero. Definitely recommend people check that out. It's about how to actually give away your money and, and not, you know, <laughs> not wait until you don't know when you're going to die to give it away. It's pretty, pretty cool book. I definitely recommend listening to that one or reading it. Uh, if you, if you want to. Yeah. It, uh, and his, his thesis on it, cause it's good to touch on too, is like yeah, maximizing yeah. life's fulfillment, not waiting yeah. until you're 85 and have all this money and then you can't go skydiving. You can't go mountain climbing or, you know, fly a plane. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it now. So, and we embrace that at, at SkyFi. Um, you know, that's part yeah. of the vision. Like you have to change the world. Um, and how do you do that? Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting um, stuff in that book. Have it, you talked about kind of being an outsider coming into this market. Um, there's obviously a lot of legacy satellite imagery providers and analytic companies. And um, I don't know if you have any direct competition, really. I think maybe a couple apps that are close or websites that are close. Um, have you faced any, like, where's the resistance coming from, if there is resistance? Yeah, there's there's been this this saying that we started hearing as we we're building SkyFi of a consumer market doesn't exist. Like mm. it's been tried before. Don't waste right. your time. And right. every time we we heard that, it was more exciting and more exciting. We're going like you're all wrong. Like you're you're you know it's like standing up, you know, mm. in a theater of people telling you you're wrong. You're going like, well, cool. I'm going to do it anyways and, and prove you all wrong. Um, and you know the answer to you know that 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 question of why doesn't a consumer market exist when I hear from, you know, satellite companies and consultants and investors, they go like, it's been tried before. And I was like, no, it has not been tried before <laughs> the, the, and then when you look back at how it was tried before, it was the same business model. They're going like, well, if we get these consumers to sign up for multi hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for contracts and, mm-hmm sell them, you know, huge swaths of earth for thousands and thousands of dollars as the initial entry point. Um, that was their attempt. And when you look at it, it's like, of course that doesn't work. Um, right. Back to Uber, that would be like an Uber's business model going, hey, Nick, you can use Uber, but you have to pay $150,000 a year. And every trip you take is going right. to be a semi when you're like, I want to take <laughs> a pay-as-you-go model and I want to take a Toyota Prius to get to A to B and that's it. Maybe I use it five times a year, maybe I use it a thousand times a year. So it was right. just the business approach was, was trying to, you know, square peg into a round hole. It just didn't work and it just didn't fit the model and the willingness to pay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we did a large part of 2022 was, you know, the phrase I like to use is get out of the building, talk to customers, you know, actual customers yeah. that are going to buy, like, how much would you pay? Um, you know, what is your pain points? What industry are you coming from? So thousands and thousands of, of users that we surveyed, we interviewed, and that's still ongoing um, for it. So yeah, the whole, um, you know, resistance came from that, that sort of group, like the GIS folks that are like, nah, it doesn't exist. Like it's already been tried. I'm like, nope, it hasn't been tried really um, for it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we, we see some, you know, competitors coming up, but again, they're, they're still taking that approach where they're, they're built by GIS folks for mm-hmm. GIS folks. So unnecessarily complicated, the user experience and user interface just sucks. You know, like you just can't figure it out because we test out everyone, try to buy and quickly you run down a road of, you know, a salesperson, you know, that's the, mm-hmm. you know, the one pet peeve I have is like, oh, if you want to try us, contact sales. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, that's <laughs> not going to work. Um, Bye-bye. As soon yeah. as you get a human involved, it, it just slows down the process and it gets down to what's your use case. You know, what are you going to, you know, how much can you pay a year to do? How this? can I rake you over the coals? <laughs> exactly. And really what they're solving right. for is trying to go, you know, that, that value-based pricing going like, well, you know, if you pay me, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm going to save you X amount of dollars. Therefore you should be able to pay more based on the industry. And it's just, it just doesn't work like that. People see through it right away and it's, it's unnecessary, um, um, you know, for that aspect. So yeah, there's some com- competition there. You know, one of the the frequent questions we get is, you know, why do these satellite partners partner with you? Can't they just do what you're doing? And the answer is, of course they can do it. Software is copyable. Anyone can hire a top tier team like we did, mm-hmm. you know, do a bunch of consulting with user experience, the gamification of all of this and build it. But it comes down to really two things. It's the culture and then mm-hmm. the diversity of sensor selection, you know, so on the culture side, 
most of these space companies are space companies, like literal rocket scientists right. figuring out how right. to put metal into space. And that's what they need to focus on to build the best quality product. And then on the diversification of sensor, yeah, of course, one satellite provider could copy what we're doing, make a beautiful app, but they only have their satellites. So you still right. have to, there's this switching cost. And what I like to say is, you know, you treat the satellite companies and drone companies, airplane companies, balloon companies as the movie studios of the world. And we're this Netflix approach where everyone goes to Netflix, right. you get comedy, drama, thriller, any time of day, any movie studio. And, you know, that's what we do where you come and it's, you know, it's electro-optical, it's SAR in the future, it's, you know, hyperspectral and thermal and analytics. So it's just this one-stop shop um, for everything. everything. Um, and I like that. Uh, what about like the big uh, satellite imagery providers, the Maxar, uh, Planet, you know, these these big companies? Have you have you had any luck in striking up partnerships with, with these big providers? You don't need to throw them under the bus, but I just mean the big the big ones. No, I you know, love Planet, love Maxar. Um, you know, you can go to our you know our partner page and see who our current partners are. Um, you know, of course, we 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 talk to everyone. You know, various stages of discussions on all these, and you know, for you know, for most of them, it just takes a lot of diligence. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot of time to work through the business model because. Right. You know, in this day and age, if you know the great SPAC debacle of 2022, where you mm -hmm. know companies now are having to really, you know, find where they can put value in, you know, to appease shareholders, and you know, it's just the, it's just the months and months of negotiations and back and forth that you know have happened. That's the real hard part about the business that we run is you know the partnership deals because <clears throat> everyone thinks they're special, everyone thinks their satellites are better than their competitors, and you know we talk to right. everyone and you know it's just about like who cares like we'll put on the platform and, and the customers <laughs> will decide um right. but yeah it, I think those those you know will will eventually come and yeah I am like you know what we want is everyone to succeed you know to make the best satellites to push it out there because the broader we can make this industry <clears throat> excuse me you know, the better it is for everyone, um, you know, and we're not just trying to say like SkyFi is the best, everyone else, right. you know, we don't need to worry about because we're, we're a partnership. We want everyone to win. We want the best satellites to come. We want more funding to come because um, I think this this market, you know, prediction for Earth observation mm -hmm. data, I think has been artificially constrained um, over the years because of the business model. So it's about to break open. I think there's just a ton of value for a lot of people to get across the world. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you talked about at the beginning about how these big companies have modeled their businesses after the government procurement cycle, which is insane and crazy. And we could probably do a whole five hours talking about that. Um, but you're hit, hitting on something that I think is actually pretty unique to this space as well, is that um, the possibility of having good partnerships, like, like I, I can't tell you how many times that we've talked to other big companies that provide X, Y, Z, um, things and we say, oh, well, we could do this half of it for you if you if you you know want to form partnerships and go after these opportunities. I think it's I think in the the geospatial intelligence market, which is more you know more focused on you know defense and, and things like that. Um, I think sh proving out the how powerful partnerships can be uh, if you work together um, is actually a pretty cool thing that you're kind of injecting into the into the marketplace. Um, what does what does that look like? To you, like, what does a really good partnership look like? Like, you can, yeah. talk, I mean, talk, you can talk about the the business case, or even just the, you know, kumbaya case. Yeah, um, I'll talk a, <clears throat> a little bit about um, both of them. So the best partners we have realize that, you know, their role in the ecosystem is much different than ours. You know, their role is to produce the best satellite, the best mm -hmm. sensor, get it to space, and then at that same time have an API that allows multiple providers or, you know, SkyFi to connect to sell that data because, you know, a handful of times now, over, even over the last couple months, we've talked to satellite providers, <clears throat> excuse me, that have a satellite in space or a couple satellites in space. And now they start thinking about an API. Now they start thinking about software engineering and how to get it to the customers where those discussions should be in parallel. Um, right. And so the best partners we've seen 
are some that haven't even launched yet that are already thinking about this. And obviously we're informing them going like, here's how you need to build the API so we can connect to it easily. Um, and so that, that has been refreshing. And then the other ones that realize, you know, their value is providing, you know, great technology, you know, and through us, we'll sell it to the masses. So they know their spot in the ecosystem, just like we do. Like we're not, we're not building satellites. We're not going to build analytics. Um, now mm -hmm. caveat, like who knows what the future will hold, but that's not our, our focus. Um, cause right. the team isn't designed like that. So, um, and then on the counter of that, the partners that I've seen that will struggle are trying to do it all. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like in the aerospace industry of Boeing was like, not only are we going to build the airplanes, we're going to train all the pilots, we're going to run the airline, we're going to, you know, build terminals, we're going to handle, you know, customer check-in mm -hmm. and customer support. It's like, hold on, just build a great airplane. Delta will fly it, you know, yeah. Southwest will fly it. Um, you know, those types of discussions need to, you know, be cemented in. And again, again, comes back to the companies that are are trying to convince themselves they're, you know, technology platforms or AI platforms. It's like you're a satellite company, build great satellites, put them in space. Don't try to just use buzzwords to get your stock uh, price up a little mm -hmm. bit uh, or, or you convince you, your investors. You just talked about something that, and I think we kind of mentioned it earlier, but um, the fact that, uh, you know, these, these businesses are modeled after government procurement, which is an incredibly tough industry to break into. And that's why, that's why they, kind of poo-poo partnerships, right? They're saying, why? We're already in the door. We, we're, we've already met all the requirements. We have our, you know, clearances and network access and all these things that you don't have. So we're just going to do this work too. Like if you look at these big um, satellite imagery providers, I won't name names, but a lot of them are getting into like these service spaces that don't make any sense. Like, why are you doing that? You are launching satellites into space and creating awesome data. Why are you worried about providing you know, a GIS analyst over here. Um, but they do that. And like, and it's because they, they've had this stranglehold on the government, right? They're like, well, the government's already buying this stuff from us. Now they're just going to buy this stuff. And that's the way that the, the federal government works is it's incredibly tough to get into, especially in the intelligence space, the cleared space. But once you're in, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of block out a lot of competition and, it's not conducive to partnerships. So, I mean, that's actually a bigger discussion to have about, um, you know, how the government, uh, the way the government procurement system works and the way that uh, industry contractors work, the, the large ones actually aren't conducive to partnerships. Uh, we could, we could go crazy on that, but Hey, what, what I wanted to do now was, and I'm sorry if you're on audio, I wanted to show your website cause your website's awesome. Like, and I wanted to do a yeah. quick screen share of the website. And, uh, if you're on audio, I'm going to, uh, I'll give you a, a quick uh, audio overview of it. I'm, I'm going to go to your website first, then to the actual app. This website is awesome. Can you see my screen? Um, you should I can. Be able to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I saw this website. I was like, oh, this is super cool. So it, it's actually, it starts out with uh, Earth floating around in space and spinning in space. And you can actually control the Earth with your, with your mouse and you click into different areas. So we'll click into, um, let's say it looks like Chile over here, Argentina. Um, sorry, geography people. I probably got that country wrong. Uh, and then you can click and you can kind of just see some different examples. Okay. This is Peru. Um, well, I'm way off. Uh, okay. You have different, different things on here. Very good. But you can see yeah. a bunch of different imagery here. Some multi-spectral imagery just to kind of give people that are maybe unfamiliar, the types of data that you could procure with, with satellite imagery. Um, and then some very upfront things like you click the pricing thing. It takes you to pricing, I know this is crazy. Uh, you can see pricing for you know single new image. Um, yeah, like weird. That. It's like customers know what they're paying for. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something else? Uh, in in the satellite imagery space, if you're unfamiliar, this is this is a new thing, right? This is this is not something that um, has existed. It's very difficult to figure out what the prices are. Anyway, so so if you click on features, um, it takes you to this really cool. Um, site and you can kind of zoom around and um, shows you the different features of the application. It's all interactive and things like that. Anyways, I just thought your website was awesome and I wanted to show it, um, show it off. Uh, and then we'll go into like actually how to order imagery. Uh, really cool stuff. If, and I'm scrolling down here and it, and it kind of works as a side scrolling presentation um, with some really awesome imagery and, and earth 
uh, Earth images. Let me see here. I'm going to do this too. Um, and then but, while you're while you're pulling that up, um, I was just in New York City last night. You know, we worked with you know fantastic team called Decimal Studios based out of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, and we won an, a Webby Award for the the website for the best oh, okay. homepage, which you know, I didn't know much about the Webby Awards for for <laughs> a while, but it's a big deal. It's like celebrates the best of the internet. Um, and you know, we did this very intentionally. It's not like, oh, we just wanted to make a cool website, you know, to to make a cool website. Mm -hmm. It's about education, it's about the engagement. We've got a blog on there where you know we answer most of the common questions, but in a a you know, very easy to understand way, not in, you know, geospatial technology terms. Um, so yeah, kudos to the decimal team, but very intentional on this because you have to draw people in, you have to engage them. And like, you know, we're huge on social Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and you got to meet your audience and your future customers where they're at. Um, and that that's very intentional instead of just, you know, sales-based cold calling. Yeah, absolutely. So you can definitely go check that out. Skyfi.com, S-K-Y-F-I.com. Um, also, so now uh, if, if you're on audio, I've pulled up the actual application for ordering imagery. And the reason I wanted to show this is because it's so it's so easy. And it, I, lo I love it. Um, so you can just go to, well, I've, I've typed in um, uh, the convention center in St. Louis. Okay. And then it's, it's automatically created a five kilometer five square kilometer box around the convention center. And then it, it has a bunch of different imagery options here. You can see you can order some um, older imagery, I guess not that old, uh, December 24, 2022. Um, but then all the way back to uh, looks like May. Yeah, it goes, it, and it goes yeah, even it goes, further. Yep. Wow. Yeah, even further. And there's filters <laughs> where if you're like, I only want to see what was available in you know, April of 2022, it'll pull it up and so on and so yeah. forth. Um, so anyway, super easy app. I definitely recommend people check it out. Um, and it even has the very transparent pricing right here. You have a day image for $4 per square kilometer, a multi-spectral image for a dollar per square kilometer. And um, it's it's super easy. I've, I've ordered a few images and it's worked out like a charm. So I definitely recommend people check that out. App.skyfi.com, app.skyfi.com. Dot com. Um, but if you go to their if you go to their main site, you should be able to access that. Anyways, I just wanted to show just how simple it is. And we could walk through the whole process, but people, it's easy. You just click a button, you hit order, and that's it. Um, definitely yeah. recommend people um, check that out. All right, I'm gonna sh stop the share here. Anyways, super cool site, man. I kudos to you guys. I always I always have a good uh, uh, impression of someone of a company when they have good design, it's like, ah, okay. They kind of get it a little bit, right. That, that design aspect super important. Uh, and yeah. I love marketing. And, so that yeah. helps. And to, to, you know, double down on the, on the user experience, you know, we consulted with some, you know, just leading experts before we hired our own team of, of user, um, UX designers and mm -hmm. researchers and data analysts. And, you know, one of the ladies worked for, um, Fortnite. You know, and that's where oh, yeah, we yeah. took like inspiration from like, hey, this is the audience that we, you know, we need to gear towards because, you know, this upcoming, you know, group of 18 to 34 year olds is all on social. They're all on mobile. They're all yeah. on, you know, the web and that's where they're at. Um, so it's very intentional why we do that. They're all on Fortnite, that's for sure. And shout out to yeah. Epic Games, which is actually out of Cary, North Carolina uh, in our neck. Really? Oh, nice. Here. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. The not, not too not too far away from from where I'm at in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I want to kind of jump over to some some different stuff. Uh, we've had a good lighthearted uh, discussion here, but what, let's let's hop into some of the other things. What about privacy? You know, uh, I definitely think yeah. uh, I can see people being very resistant to this sort of thing. Like, I don't want people just taking images of me or my house more specifically, you're not going to really see people, uh, that well. Um, although it's getting better. Uh, but what, what are the, what are the issues concerning privacy? Have you heard anybody complaining about this or wondering about this or any potential yeah. legal um, problems? Yeah. For, for legal problems. No, I mean, it, you know, very okay. well covered, you know, That's we're a good. U S company. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, obviously follow NOAA, um, rules, um, you know, and we, we have, we've got a very robust end user license agreement. Our, 
our KYC or our diligence on our customers, everyone that comes through, you know, we're checking sanctions, like very, very robust and very conservative on that because we can't mm -hmm. afford to screw it up because it's the reputation of not only us, but our partners. So very, very clear on what we do there. On privacy, it's one of the, you know, for the folks that are unfamiliar with the satellite and earth observation industry, you know, it's one of the common questions we get. Can you spy on my, you know, uh, you know, my ex-girlfriend, are you going to be able to track me in my, in my house? Um, and the answer is no, you know, we, we can't, the, the resolution isn't good enough. Now in the future resolution is only going to get better and better, but still, um, you know, that is, it's very unrealistic. We're not in the James Bond age where we're watching live video on our, on our Apple watches of, you know, people that we're tracking over the, over the world that just doesn't exist. Um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, I also remember, you know, on privacy, it's always funny. So no, there's, there's privacy concerns, of course. Um, I also think it's just this natural evolution of technology where we, where mm -hmm. we live in. And I like to look at it for, you know, this transparent view into earth that we're now right. allowing people to have and what good can come from that. Um, you know, because a hundred plus years ago, people only knew, what they either saw with their own eyes as they walked out of their house or what they read in a you know small you know newspaper or some articles and now we're at this point where i can pull up my phone and look across the world with a satellite and see what's going on and i think that only just better informs the world on education um last week we you know put some photos up that went pretty viral about this 39,000 ton used clothes pile that is dumped in Chile, um, where it's, again, oh. it's out of sight, out of mind. No one would know it. And now, and then we had somebody go on the ground in Chile after they saw the industry and took ground level pictures. And, you know, so that invokes action and change, you know, across the world. So, you know, that I think will only allow people to come closer together, you know, as humans, when we realize like everyone's dealing with the same struggles, we have to do better for the earth. You can see this effect that humans are having on the earth. And how do we change that? Um, so that's where I look at it when, you know, people start bringing up privacy, you know, there, there's a much greater good here. Um, and I also remember growing up, you know, mm -hmm. we used to throw this big yellow book on our, our front doorstep with your name, your phone number, your address. Um, it's called a telephone book. And those days are, are coming gone now. But yeah, just with, with privacy concerns, they're, they're always going to be there. We're always going to have to, you know, do really well at, at doing, yeah, there you go. That's that. Now we're looking at the, the massive used clothes pile in Chile where, we all know they come from all parts of the world, dump them in the desert. Oh, we've solved the problem. And that's just not, you know, not how we, we need to treat the earth. How, <laughs> where, how did this happen? This crazy clothes pile in Chile. Let's, let, so here's a ground photo. Um, we're looking at uh, yeah. on SkyFi's Twitter. Um, they retweeted something from Christina Dorado Ortiz. Shout out to Christina Dorado. Dorador Ortiz. I'm sorry I butchered your name. Um, but there's a ground photo of this ma I mean, massive clothes pile in Chile. I mean, just huge pile of, of clothes. Do we have any idea where that came from? Um, like, All over the world. Happen? All over yeah, the world. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it just, you know, it's one of those things out of sight, out of mind. Um, we also, and it's in the US, I think it's in Nevada. We posted a while ago too, where there's this same thing, but it's used tires where wow. you would just find these, these places. So now we're starting to uncover this, you know, now and magnify that across the world, you know, human atrocities, pollution, greenhouse gases that you can measure. Now we're putting this technology mm -hmm. into the hands of anybody in the world. And that'll just, you know, produce more stories like that, which will invoke change. We're not saying SkyFi is solving that used clothes pile. We're illuminating right. it for the world to bring about action. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. It's disappointing, but again, you have to know about it. Um, otherwise, no it's one. Those, no one cares. It's those damn green bins, isn't it? That's that's where they end up. Those <laughs> yeah, those bins yeah. that are at the gas station that are like, yeah, dump that's your right. clothes here. Uh, we're we're not a yeah. nonprofit though. It says on the side usually. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a for profit company, and we're dumping your clothes in Chile. And who knows yeah. what they're doing? Yeah, uh, that's that's awful. And um, thanks for sharing that. That's definitely uh, something people need to pay attention to, uh, especially the people in Chile. Clean that stuff up. What are you doing? What are you doing, Chili? Yeah. Clean this up. Um, what, what about some uh, some success stories you've had early on? I mean, you just talked on a few of them, but do you have any other kind of 
maybe surprising success stories of people that have used the app or um, maybe some case studies of interesting ways that people are using the app? Yeah, boy, on the interesting ways, uh, you know, I don't exaggerate when we hear, you know, new use cases every day, um, you know, whether it's from, you know, people wanting to, you know, update their local golf course map or hunting map, but, you, you know, go. much more than that kind of like cool stuff, it's, mm -hmm. it's business implications, you know, monitoring livestock feeds, looking at um, palm tree mm -hmm. heights, you know, for, you know, deforestation, um, conservation efforts, looking at, you know, major, you know, rare earth mineral companies, you know, and holding, holding right. people accountable, but then also those, um, you know, large companies, you know, that can monitor and make sure they're doing the right thing. So we've seen a lot of that on, on both sides, essentially of the business case for it. Then on it, you know, the, the one thing that I really like is, you know, we've had some ground up, um, or bottoms up, you know, users of our, our platform in the military that are going like, I need this image, you know, the bureaucratic process above me is so burdensome. Mm -hmm. I need this wow. now, um, all over the world. Um, and yeah, illuminating a lot of stuff in the, um, the South China sea, you know, seeing some use cases there quite a bit, um, you know, and just, just all over the world. And then just, you know, interesting stuff like, pool manufacturers in the US going like, hey, I want to take image right. to see who doesn't have a pool, who has my competitor's pool, target market here. So <laughs> um, yeah, abs absolutely phenomenal. And then big in the oil and gas sector too, in terms of, you know, natural gas fracking, you know, monitoring coal piles with, you know, stereo imagery, you can get the heights of it, you know, looking at, you know, oil tank levels, um, ports, you know, in terms of demand, you know, when are there a lot of ships in port, you know, so just on and on and on and on. And that just continues to be, you know, the, the enforcing function where it's like, cool, we're onto something. People are just coming up with new ideas and it's amazing. All right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely interesting. I didn't thought about the, the, the small business owner that, that cares about, you know, their local market that just wants to see what's going on. Um, and, it's very easy to identify pools and run analytics and computer vision models to, yeah. to see pools. It's super easy. There's free models out there that exist. Um, what, what about like the evolution of the app? You got to stay ahead of the competition things like that. Like where's it going to be in the next, you know, two to three years? Yeah, it's really exciting. Cause I mean, if, if, um, if we were to say like, yeah, we're done, we nailed it you know, nowhere near mm -hmm. close. Um, this is our, you know, like say our worst version of the app, our ugliest version of the app, because mm -hmm. it's our first iteration of it. So it's only right. going to get better. And with the, with the team we have, we know that we're just starting. This is just our like tiptoe into the market. Um, you know, it's going to get better. I think, you know, the natural evolution of everything we're doing sums up to a point of, just being able to ask questions of data and get answers. You know, that's what it's really about. Imagery for the sake of imagery is cool. Like great pictures are cool. Um, and you can do a lot with just, you know, the, the electro optical picture of monitoring and looking at change detection. What it comes down to is getting answers. That's what I really want to get to as a team. You know, I want to enable a farmer in Kansas to be able to get a better crop yield and make more money and provide more for his, his or her family by going, you know, how do I get a better crop yield? um from nebraska right, raising right. corn and going like cool you're underwater in here you're overwatering here you know look at this area like that's where it is where that that farmer doesn't care about the imagery doesn't care how the analytics are done they just want a better crop yield that's what we need to get to it's possible it takes time it takes a mm -hmm. lot of you know resources to get that in the compute power and analytics to you know really you know make a difference that's where i think this app goes um and then who knows i mean we're we're starting you know with airborne sensors essentially but you know it comes down to just you know mapping out different data layers of the world to get a more transparent view into the earth um you know so yeah so we're we're in the in the short term yeah one one last you know bit of information it's Right now, it's about integrating more partners, more provider selection, mm -hmm. hyperspectral, thermal, IR, and then the analytics to go with it. Uh, you, you kind of brought something up that kind of sparked a question in my mind. There, there's a few companies that exist that do kind of crowdsourced um, intelligence collection. So they'll, you know, pay people to go take pictures of competitors pricing at grocery stores or collect intelligence uh, type stuff. Uh, what about the use of human beings as sensors, you know, yeah, you know, somebody going out with their phone and taking, you know, is it all going to be aerial or, or 
Does that get yeah, I don't, too I don't crazy? know. Um, yeah. No, I don't think it does get too crazy. And I think it's part yeah. of that natural evolution. What I want is, you know, we talk about this on the drone world too, just a, you know, there's, there's just thousands and you're probably millions of drone pilots all over the world, you know, flying for fun, but they've got sensors mm-hmm. on them. You know, just have an easy uploadable file, you know, pay a little bit and, you know, upload that data, georectify it and, you know, produce some very high fidelity for stuff you're doing already. Same thing, same thing with people. I mean, obviously Google has absolutely monetized this capability with, you know, people taking photos and it's tagged and now it's in the Google database and in the reviews and populating through the, throughout the world. Um, mm-hmm. So we're already doing that. And I think it's, you know, we meaning, you know, companies humans across the world. Yeah. Humans. You know, yeah, I think it's, it's entirely possible to do it. Cause again, it's all about transparent view into the earth. Um, so if that enables it, great, we'll do it. Um, what advice would you give to somebody that's, you guys have now entered this, this market, like you said, you've, 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 uh, had some surprising things pop up. Like if, if someone else wanted to get into this earth observation, market uh what advice would you give to them what have you learned thus far um at first it's all about the team um and then speed is important um you have to have enough understanding of of your competitors your customers Mm -hmm. your partners to understand where you can provide value and narrowly focus on that in the initial run because i've seen companies run to failure where they try to boil the ocean and, and you just you don't have enough resources. We're seeing some companies fail in the earth observation industry where they're like, we're going to build and solve for all the analytic use cases. And you end up having such a huge Mm -hmm. um, burn that you can't hire enough humans to build all the analytics to solve all the use cases. That's why we take a partnership approach for all this. Um, You know, there's some companies probably going to get acquired or go bankrupt because of this mindset Mm -hmm. of going like, we're going to be the one-stop shop, but we're going to build everything and operate satellites and all the analytics. You just, you just can't do it. It's it's too much money right now. Um, And so that's one thing. And then, you know, just, just focusing on, you know, the fundraising environment right now is very, very difficult Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of ways. and you know the the days and valuations of 2021 and 2022 right. are over. Um, mm-hmm. So there's you know much more diligence, much more um, you know proving through numbers of what you're what you're actually doing um, is another thing for anyone trying to get venture money to to start a company um, for it. So I could go on and on, but yeah. But I think in terms of risk, you know, a lot of people think of you know this is not Earth observation, you know talk right now this is just risk in general where i think mm-hmm. you know people that get involved in startups you know you know they're they're you know, friends and family say, boy, that's super risky. You know, no, it's not. It's not. Right. You're gonna if you do a startup and you fail, <clears throat> as long as you're not doing anything illegal, immoral, and ethical, you're you're gonna be fine. You're gonna go do something else or your startup's gonna be a success. And I think that's what's prevented a lot of people because they hear mm-hmm. in the earth observation industry like it's been done before. It's, you know, it's right. too hard. You can't do it. And every time I hear that, it gets me more excited. You know, I'm like, great, this is gonna mm-hmm. be super fun. Um, because it's challenging. Like who wants to do something easy? It's boring. Well, it's very, very capital intensive because of the niche type of data you're working with and things like that. And, and all those barriers we talked about, like it's, it just sounds like it massively <laughs> expensive to enter this market in almost any, any regard. Um, but I think what you guys are doing is absolutely awesome. How did, how did you get to, to be the one running this company? So yeah, kind of my, my story a little bit, you know, I was in the army for a long time, about 16 years on active duty. Then I finished out, um, the rest of the 20 years at defense innovation unit as a reservist. Um, but I got off active duty, um, after I went to business school and then joined Uber, Uber Elevate. And I was there mm-hmm. for a couple of years, you know, on the flight operations and operations side, which was super fun, integrating electric aircraft, mm-hmm. talking to all the manufacturers of how do you enable, you know, you know, a more efficient, you know, journey through the Uber app by speeding up and having an air segment in there. And then we also, I ran the drone delivery um, side of Uber, Uber's experiment for that. Um, and then I joined a company called Joby Aviation, which was building one of those electric aircraft and is the, you know, is by far the leader in the world right now for producing an electric aircraft that is, you know, absolutely amazing, super efficient, mm-hmm. super quiet. It's real. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen it, touched it, flown That's the awesome. simulator and, and to hear a helicopter like vehicle hover hundred feet away from you and having a conversation at normal volume, it, it blows your mind. Um, then I went to the venture capital side, um, 
and I had a, I had a small data science startup out of, out of Stanford as well that, um, yeah, like most startups failed, um, just wasn't the right time and, and team for it. But then, yeah, I moved to Austin when I was in the venture world, working for Shield Capital, met Bill Perkins, who, you know, had this, you know, grand vision of, of SkyFi and unlocking Earth observation mm -hmm. data for the masses. I was thinking a, a lower level because I was involved in the drone airspace mm -hmm. and electric aviation going like, right, right, right. believe in autonomy and there's drones, electric aviation and they're autonomous and sidewalk drones. They collected large amounts of data. So package that up and sell it. And I'd always talked about, and space is too hard. I'll deal with that later. And then sure enough, Bill's like, let's do space. And you know, <laughs> so here we are, um, yeah. you know, doing space. So yeah. Um, and then yeah, CEO and co-founder of the company. Um, and yeah. What, what did you do in races. the army? What was your, what was your job in the army? Yeah, as an army aviator, um, most of the time was um, on the special operations side, um, you know, for, you know, variety of missions all over the world. You know, in the regular army, I did, you know, the, the typical couple year long deployments to Iraq, um, flying, um, and then it was time for a change. So went over the special operations side and, um, you know, had a bunch more fun. Uh, what, were, what were you flying? Helicopters, I take it? Yep. Helicopters. Yep. Started flying the Kai warrior reconnaissance attack and kind of stayed in that realm nice. for, you know, recon attack, a little bit of medium lift, um, doing infills and exfills. Um, but yeah, the recon attack. And now it's, it's always telling of age where that Kiowa warrior helicopter <laughs> has since been retired. And it's the army aviation, uh, museum right now down at Fort Rucker. Well, I, I love the fact that, um, you're a veteran and, and you're, you're kind of proving the fact that veterans can really, come out of the military and do big things and be successful and run businesses. And um, I'm on, a, I'm a board of directors on for a organization, a nonprofit called the veteran business collective. And that's the entire idea behind the organization is we're trying to change the script of how you think about veterans. Like, like the, for a long time, we've always, there's been this public persona of veterans as, you know, they need disability assistance and they're homeless on the street begging for money and all this stuff. But in reality, if you look at the data, veterans are actually more successful in the long run than the general population. So I think what you're doing is absolutely awesome. Um, and you're just you're just a, another proof point for that uh, for me. Um, do you have any cool stories about being a being a helicopter pilot in the army during <laughs> two major wars? Yeah, and there, there was a, a bunch more. Um, Boy, I could go on and on about all the stories. Um, Just give us the best I mean, one. Just the best one. <laughs> let's see. Um, I don't know. I guess the, you know the the most memorable one for me was the was the first time going to to war in Iraq. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I was a very junior pilot. My organization at at Fort Drum, New York, was you know most I'd say ninety percent of us. You know, because nine eleven happened my senior year in college, and that changed everything for us. So right into the height of war, right into flight school, where it's just like pumping out numbers, go go go. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, you know, we deployed to Iraq. Ninety percent of us had not been to combat, um, mm -hmm. and. As we were flying, I spent my first year in Missoula, Iraq, never left the city. Um, we flew, flew around the city, you know, 24 mm -hmm. hours a day, providing ground support, you know, reconnaissance and attack missions, um, mm -hmm. you know, to our, to our ground, um, ground counterparts. And, but the first time flying to Missoula, myself and my, my co-pilot with me, both brand, brand new, we turned on the radio to start monitoring the frequency to see what we were hearing. And it was, just pure chaos, like, mm. you know, hearing gunfire in the back, you know, guys on the radio, literally screaming for air support. Um, you know, Kiowa warriors being bounced across the city to like support this firefight, this firefight. Mm. Um, you know, and then again, hearing those like, you know, a 50 cal machine gun going off in the background as, you know, being called for support. And that's when it just, it's all theoretical until that sort of, you know, event happens and you're like, Oh shit, we're, we're about to get into it. Um, right. and that was the kickoff for it. And sure enough, like those, that year there of, you know, flying around mortars dropping on us at all, all the time while you're, you know, in your little base and just like getting accustomed to it. And then that radio traffic, which I thought was so crazy and so chaotic just became mm -hmm. a normal thing. We're like, that's just a normal, normal shift, um, for it. So yeah. And then, 
yeah, that was that was you know memorable to say the least. I don't think I'll well, I will never forget that that first just like let's tune up the frequency to see what's going on before <laughs> we get up there and start replacing that unit that we're going into. Just it's just chaos, <laughs> total war, war oh, at man. its finest um, through a radio. Oh man, uh, very good. So you guys are based out of Austin, Texas, is that right? Yeah, so headquarters in Austin. Okay. Um, we have folks all over the world, you know, Northern Europe, mm-hmm. Eastern Europe, East Coast, West Coast. Um, yeah, every, everywhere. Um, cause it's all just about finding good people. And we have a hybrid work approach, mm-hmm. you know, mainly remote where we've got an office in Bulgaria and then, you know, small office in Austin as well, where again, it's, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we just want people to work where they're happy and, and produce good results. How is Austin? I hear a lot of, a lot of people moving to Austin, a lot of crazy stuff about Austin, but well, maybe it's amazing. Else. Okay. It's right, amazing. One, one, there's just a very good veteran group too. Um, okay. there's natural magnet here. Cause it's, you know, just kind of the best of both. Um, amazing food, amazing music, amazing people, you know, is it hot? Absolutely. Do I love it? Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's Texas and there's just, you know, a lot of good things about it. Um, yeah. And yeah. Austin, Austin is just great. There's always something to do. Downtown is beautiful. And you really start noticing too, all major tech companies are here. Obviously, you know, Elon Musk and, you know, Tesla, you know, seeing the big gigafactory, you know, Facebook, Google, mm-hmm. Amazon, you name it, it's just becoming more and more and more um, for its own. And with it, you know, housing prices, of course, supply demand, housing prices are, are going up, um, leveling off a little bit. bit from the hype of the last couple of years. But yeah, love it. Encourage everyone to come visit. Cool. And you're going, you're going to the Geoint Symposium in St. Louis. Uh, anything you're looking yes. forward to seeing there or, or anybody you're looking forward to meeting companies? Anything like yeah, that? I'm looking forward because that was our first big event last year where we didn't have a product yet. We're still doing market research. We had a little booth and people are like, what is this? And that's when the naysayers started to go like, oh, it's been done before. Yeah. But <laughs> right. overwhelmingly, you heard a lot of people going like, it's about Were you time. taking names, you Luke? Know? Were you taking names? Oh, yeah. This year? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I've got receipts. Um, I've got receipts. Yeah, no. And this year looking forward to all the partners, you know, that we're working with now to see, you know, how we're creating value for everyone else. We'll be at booth 1932, um, swing on by and it's going to be, should be, should be fun. Super fun. Um, you, you mentioned some of the partners, uh, I wanted to just ask about a few of them. Um, so you have Satellogic, uh, on board. Um, what, what are they providing? Uh, yeah, Satellogic, yeah, one of the great partners, you know, submeter resolution, electro-optical um, mm. force, and, you know, being able to task um, through them as well has been phenomenal. Um, they are they're one of the, the first teams that we talked to where we had, you know, some partnership meetings at various levels, and they mm. instantly got it. They're like, cool, we're all in. Um, and we're, we're, we're just seeing that, the fruit of the partnership. Those are one of the, you know, fantastic partners that we have that... You know, they're responsive. They know, you know, what we're trying to do. They have their value. Um, and it's just, it's just great. Um, excuse me, um, for them. Yeah. And then the, the other one I want to ask about was Umbra. Is it kind of the same thing? Yeah. Umbra is right. great. Yeah. So they're, you know, um, Gabe, uh, the president lives, you know, just down a couple miles from mm-hmm. me and Joe Morrison's here. You know, I think a lot of people know Joe Morrison for his, for his Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. But more importantly, you know, just one of the brilliant minds, of the geospatial world and, you know, Gabe coming from, you know, a legal background, taking a refreshing approach to, you know, very similar to SkyFi is like, people just need this. You need the open right. data and the creative commons licensing. Um, you know, we at SkyFi, you know, Gabe, Gabe says it publicly. He's like, he'd rather have people buy Umber data through SkyFi. So he doesn't have to worry about that side. And, and, you know, they've got some significant right. work with, with the government, but yeah, fantastic partner. SAR, you know, synthetic aperture radar imaging, you know, that Umber is doing is really revolutionizing the industry. You know, they, they still have, you know, a few amount of satellites. They're going to launch a bunch more, um, but just phenomenal in terms of pricing, the licensing, and then just the quality right. of their product. Um, get it. Everyone should check them out because they just, you know, they're big on social. They're pushing it out. And that's what the world needs. Uh, it's going, here's what SAR is because most people don't know. Yeah, SAR, uh, I was an imagery analyst in the Army and SAR was like, ugh. It was like, ah, do we have to look at the SAR image? <laughs> uh, but now it's really good. It's really that resolution's got a lot, a lot uh, better. And you're actually able to do some identification and things like that, that were not possible before. Um, 
but anyway, so so yeah, Satellogic, Umbra, any other like key partners that have been great to work with? Yeah, um, Albedo is one I'm really excited about. Kind of naming our like Austin collective crew here. Austin is also mm-hmm. a great space scene. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. you know everything from software to the hardware side. So Albedo, um, we'll have the world's first 10 centimeter resolution imagery for electro optical mm-hmm. and then off some thermal and, and overlays as well. You know, we knew that team from from very very early on. You know, my uh, the venture firm I was at Shield Capital co led. You know, their A round um, with Bill Gates, uh, whatever Bill Gates's uh, firm is. And so, yeah, very, very excited about them. Um, within all of them, like really all of our partners, um, you know, all over the world, because again, you need this diversity of sensors from, you know, the geographic spread to the, you know, to the sensor mm-hmm. spread as well. And then in the analytics, you know, we've got a lot of analytic partners too, which I, I'm, I'm very excited about, you know, some, you know, again, local Austin crew strive works, um, you know, mm-hmm. they hire a lot of military veterans, you know, very, very, you know, you know, excellent top tier company to work for, um, you know, then some, some folks that have been in the earth observation industry for a while, like impact observatory with Steve Brumby, you know, one of the co-founders of Descartes, um, I could go on and on and on, but yeah, there, there's just exciting, exciting stuff. And I just want to like build fast, build faster. Cause I want to get right. like all of this out to the market. Um, yeah. so that, that's the goal. Uh, very cool. So you have, you have EO, uh, it sounds like you have SAR. It sounds like you have some infrared thermal, whatever you want to call it. Um, Multispectral? Is there many multispectral yep. providers? Yeah, multispectral is on there already. You okay. can get that. Um, stereo imaging will will come up, which is again just you know two different angles at at it. Um, but hyperspectral, you know, hyperspectral is relatively new, and we've got a handful of you know early hyperspectral partners um, mm-hmm. that are have just launched or are about to launch. Which hyperspectral, I think, could be world changing if you get it in the, the user's hands. Cause I mean, what you can do is just phenomenal. As long as you have the mm-hmm. signature of what you're looking at, you should like, show me all the blue tarps in Mogadishu, Somalia, show me, you know, a blacktop driveway in this location, or show me where that, you know, ship was painted based on, you know, the paint signature of it and what port mm-hmm. it, it's at, um, you know, so phenomenal, phenomenal, um, capabilities across show the me, world. Show me this tech- species of, of conifer. You know, you can, yeah. you can go into the species level yeah. with really good hyperspectral imagery and, um, the new Landsat next, uh, system coming up from NASA is going to have, uh, I think 26 bands included on there. Um, what about, what about, uh, government run, uh, satellite systems? Is there any integration with, with Landsat or any of these other kind of free access systems or is good. it no, because they're free? No, very good question. We've, we've talked about that from day one, right before this meeting, um, mm-hmm. You know, I was talking about that with the team, you know, SkyFi is not just where you go to get, you know, pay for tasking or archive, you know, SkyFi is a spot to go to, to get earth observation data and imagery period. Um, and just making it easy. Mm. There's some companies that are doing, you know, the, the open data, but one of the things I like to, to say, and I heard recently is, you know, open data does not equal accessible data. Um, and you have to make it accessible and easy. Yes, it's free, Landsat, Sentinel, a whole host of other stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not processed at some levels. People don't know how to get it. It's not a couple button clicks, you need a geospatial kind of understanding to do it. Where again, you need to release that to the world um, so magic can happen with with that imagery. So um probably a spoiler alert, but we're definitely, you know, going to undertake this, um, now that we've, mm-hmm. you know, had our first step with the, you know, the paid tasking and archive data, cause there's, there's a bunch more out there, um, for the world. And are, are there any gaps that you're seeing in the data? Like, Oh, I'd like to have this, this data, um, for this partner. Integrated? Um, I mean, I want all the satellite providers to come up with better resolution, mm-hmm. more satellites, faster. You know, the the mm-hmm. two big gaps I really see aren't on the sensor side. It's on the the downlink, the ground station, the ground portion of delivering that data in a faster means. Um, you know, instead of waiting until the satellite hits the ground station, download and upload and sends the data down and process and get it to the customer. Because now you're talking hours and days before that happens, where mm-hmm. it should be, you know, should be faster and it will be in the future. So that's one gap. Then the other gap is the API development with the satellite operators, like I was hitting at before, where it's sometimes an afterthought. And if you're not building mm-hmm. that up front, um, there's companies that that can do that out there. Um, 
you know, shout out to like Element 84, Spark Geo, to name a few that, you know, can provide that expertise. Um, that's a gap because I don't care if you have the best satellite in the world. If there's no way for thousands of people to connect to it through us, um, it does nobody any good. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. great, you built something cool. Nobody can buy it or access it. <laughs> that's right, right. that's what we've seen before. Um, is there any emerging technology that you're tracking that would be like just awesome to either put your application on or um, integrate with um, specifically thinking about augmented reality here, right? Which is I'm walking in downtown New York and I see a building and I would like an image of that. Could I just blink and then order a SkyFi image? Uh, you know, what like stuff like that. Is there anything that that is interesting to you on the technology front that you guys would like to integrate with or build out yeah. or experiment with? Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the XR, which is the, you know, catch-all term for augmented reality and virtual reality. I think there's mm -hmm. something there in the future. You know, I could see SkyFi, you know, and, and the satellite providers and imagery providers providing that underlying imagery and database, you know, to mm -hmm. interact with that that virtual world. Because um, as soon as you start being able to map the world and produce high-fidelity images, that can power that that more realistic simulation environment. Um, that That is exciting. I think I'd be you know, remiss without mentioning you know this whole open ai chat gpt google bard i think it's inevitable you know i think i think it's a feature um you know i think i've seen a couple of companies going like we're going to be the you know chat gpt of the earth observation industry and it's it's a feature um you still have a lot of the underlying work with the partnership agreements you know how to how to present it to users and i think it's a buzzword right now um and we don't fully understand it we embrace it at skyfi we're experimenting with it if if i can go you know with a large language model and you know an interface to go give me a five square kilometer box around austin texas convention center you know and then it produces that and allows me to purchase it very quickly that's under one of our themes of easification, that's what we're doing at SkyFi. So if it can mm -hmm. easify that customer journey, great, we'll, we'll integrate it. Um, but yeah, it's it's still early days for for all of that, and you'll you'll see it. Just like the you know the venture phase of, you know, if I were to say like we're SkyFi.ai, I would probably get an order of magnitude higher valuation of the company right now. But it's not realistic because <laughs> that's not what we're doing um, for. Just just throw AI in there. You got this. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. AI. Yeah. Uh, very, very good. Well, where should people go if they want to find out more about SkyFi? Yeah, first go to skyfi.com, S-K-Y-F-I.com. Um, you can go to the Google Play Store, Apple Store to download the app, SkyFi. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, start experimenting with it. You can download it for free. You can browse around, you know, check it out. You know, and what we really want is feedback from users, you know, as fast as possible, positive, you know, critical, because that's what makes us better. I don't want to hear just how cool it is. I want to hear what could be better for the future. Um, yeah, and then at skyfi.com, you know, we've got a blog. Um, you know, we've got fantastic customer support throughout the app. So we're, we're very responsive in, in that. So yeah, we would encourage folks to go check it out. Okay, cool. We'll also put a bunch of links in the description on all the audio platforms and YouTube and all that stuff. So definitely scroll down there and, and take a look. Um, definitely follow them on all their social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. And, um, really appreciate you being on Luke. Um, I like what you're doing. Uh, the company's awesome and best of luck to you. Yeah, you too, Nick. Really, uh, really good chatting with you. I appreciate it. This is the NDS Show. Take care, y'all.